Welcome to Guy Agerson's Reinventing the Tattoo Community. This is going to be a, a great show. This is the Reinventing the Tattoo Business Conference Call, and there are guests from all over the world. Uh, Lauren was kind enough to invite, and if you are interested and have some business questions, then you could go to the Reinventing the Tattoo app in either of the app stores, Android or Apple, whichever devil you deal with for your mobile spy device. And you could download Reinventing the Tattoo. We won't try to keep you addicted to anything except for inspiring each other. And this is, again, a lot, one of the examples of how we do this. So you might be watching this uh, on Facebook or on YouTube or wherever. The Reinventing the Tattoo community is the best place. Otherwise, head over to the Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel. It's brand new and it's fresh. And we seriously have like less than 100 people on there so far. So please uh, like it. Uh, give it a follow. Uh, share it around because it's uh, like I said, it's, it's brand new, it's fresh. So, uh, but it always will have the latest content that we're putting out there, free uh, care of our sponsors. Uh, let's see, we've got inkjet stencils. So, if you are a tattooer and you want to get some free samples of this technology, then you could uh, figure it out. We have a spot for, in the app to do so. You can literally uh, treat your images on your iPad or your computer. And then it print it out, print out your stencil straight from the printer. It's pretty cool. It saves you a lot of time, saves your wrists and stuff. And um, yeah, so you can check it out, inkjetstencils.com. We've got Loose Screw Tattoo, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Jesse Smith has an awesome shop. It's wicked busy. They're looking for tattooers, awesome residents who are forward thinking. So if you let them know that you found out about the, the guest spots or the residencies here on reinventing, then they'll already know you have the appropriate forward thinking mindset. Uh, let's see, they've actually got options for like vacation, dental, health, uh, paid vacation and shit. You should definitely check it out. Jesse's no joke. Uh, and the whole crew there is awesome. So loose screw tattoo. They've got to join our crew, join our team. Um, click that. Let's see, we have raw pigments and they deal with, I believe, the actual raw pigments. So if you're interested in trying out their inks that are coming straight from some of the primary sources, then it's rawpigments.co and Lauren's uh, on the line here. She'll obviously be able to answer any of your questions uh, about it. Let's see, uh, courses.reinventingthetattoo.com. It's Guy Hutchison's professional development package. It not only contains what used to be the book and has now evolved into a full set of online courses with videos, uh, he also has exclusive Monday exercises. Every Monday at 9 o'clock, you uh, reinventing subscribers can join in and do the exercise that's pulled from the canon or, or one of the series. He's doing series of exercises that build off of each other. And uh, you get critiques, so your exercises get critiqued uh, by Guy and by some of the other uh, reinventing members. And it's pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, anyways, um, let us know in the chat room how this is working for you, where you are beaming in from. And I'm going to uh, start uh, hopping kind of in the background here. Well, we'll do some introductions. We'll talk some business. And uh, well, yeah, we'll go from there. Let's see, is there anything else that I forgot? I did this completely without a script. So anybody, please forgive me. Um, Oh, uh, upcoming shows. Okay, we also have regular upcoming shows. I'll do two minutes, one more minute. We've got uh, the Reinventing Drawing Groups that happen with Jason Lesser at uh, 1 o'clock every Sunday Eastern. We have 9 o'clock in the morning with Jason uh, uh, Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network, who's got an awesome podcast and channel. Those are open draws. Uh, tattooers and any artist really can beam in while you're doing your drawing homework, or you could just watch and listen. Uh, because it's pretty fun conversations. People definitely dig putting them on in the backgrounds of the tattoo shops. Um, 
We've got uh, the Tattoo Collecting podcast is every Thursday at noon. And then there's all sorts of special events. Let's see. I'm actually going to just uh, last plug the Equinox, which is happening uh, on the 20th this Saturday with Android Jones doing live visuals. Join the meeting. And uh, Aja Lu is going to be doing some live uh, soundtrack for it. So if you want to throw your own arts party and then zoom in, we'll have two different tracks. One where you could just kind of watch the awesome visuals from Android and do your own thing while you're listening. And then we'll also have a spot where you can zoom in and it'll be similar to something like this where you'll see a lot of people doing art instead of talking business. Okay, that's it. There's also a lot of other shows. Go check out the Reinventing Community and then uh, Lauren can um, put some other people on the, on, the, on, the, on the line here. I can get out of the line. Thank you. <laughs> Hey everybody, nice to see you. I'm gonna put you um, kind of on gallery view. So yeah, while um, people are kind of starting to trickle in, I am excited to see you here. All right, cool. Is Clay, can you hear us? I think I've got it sorted now. <laughs> All right, awesome. Do you wanna flip your camera the other way? I don't know what way. I uh, it's I'm okay. Not, I'm hey. sure what's going on. Can you not see me? No, we're good to go. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're located, where you're calling us from? Um, I'm originally from New Zealand. Um, I'm currently in Perth, Australia. Uh, it's two o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> oh I'm really unsure how to work this machine. <laughs> um, yeah, I started tattooing in 1989, a uh, long time ago. Um, just actually moved to a another studio, a private studio called The Black Crow. Um, yeah, really um, honoured to be a part of the Raw team. Um, awesome products. Um, yeah. I'm just yeah, still waiting James up, and I so. think that you, uh, James and I think that you tattoo every single day. It's just so awesome. It seems like you're super busy all the time. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> I only do um, half and full day sittings. I don't do okay. any small stuff anymore. So yeah, I'm getting a little bit long in the tooth. I'll be fifty next year. So. But I've been, yeah, I've been pushing it out for a long time, always trying to learn and get better. Always yeah, definitely. more knowledge. Yeah, you guys have a really good group out there of people I've never met before. <coughs> it's really cool getting to be, you know, finding out all that stuff. Right um, on. Hey. Right on. Um, Art, can you hear us? There you are. We can't hear you. Want to tell us? Yeah. Unmute yourself. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Right on. How's it going, Art? Oh, it's going good. How are y'all? Really good. Good to see you. Haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, Talk to you, good. but yeah. It's been a little bit. Right on. Do you want to tell us about, you know, a little bit where you're calling from? Maybe touch on your expo you're throwing, how that's yeah. planning so, is going. And... Uh, my name is Art Cantu Jr. I'm uh, co-owner of Worldwide Ink Magazine uh, with a lot of tattooer Alonzo Gonzalez. He's a black and gray tattooer uh, out in Mansfield, Texas, uh, in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, 
We've been running the magazine for two and a or almost three years in July. Um, so we've been uh, pushing and pushing even through uh, quarantine and lockdowns. We've been uh, continuing to do what we do. Uh, Lauren is actually our creative director for the magazine as well. Uh, we added her uh, October timeframe, I believe. Um, and then myself and two others uh, also own a tattoo convention called the Tattoo Collectors Expo. Some of y'all may have heard of it. If you haven't, um, go ahead and take a look at it. Um, it'll be the first one this year in August uh, out here in Arlington, Texas. Um, we've got a few booths left. Uh, everybody's starting to buy them up now that Texas is 100% open. So that's been pretty cool. And then um, I'm not a tattooer, uh, barely a collector, I guess you could say, but I've been in the industry since 2013 timeframe. I'm a photographer by trade. So uh, that's how I got into the industry and I've networked and my, my butt off ever since. And, and now I'm here. So. Yeah, actually for those um, of you that are with us and don't remember the, the tattoo collectors expo was scheduled last year in March. So it was really up to the, up to the wire with that, with uncertainty and everything. Um, you went through quite a bit of hassle, I'd say, but I'm glad oh, yeah. to see that you have got the actual date. It's, it's set. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely, de we're looking forward to it for sure. So if any of y'all are interested in coming, just hit up uh, tattoo collectors expo on Instagram, uh, send us a DM. That's in Texas. Yep. Texas. Yep. So. Right on. Fun. I see you just joined us. You want to jump in, say hi. Tell us where you're calling from. Hey guys. Um, I'm calling from my living room. Uh, <laughs> I'm in Ohio. Uh, I host the uh, tattoo collecting show. Um, I'm coming in a few minutes late, so I'm not sure what all everybody's doing as far as introducing themselves. But I'm just now realizing how much I need a curtain on this window behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're at uh, Red Tree down in um, Columbus. And for any of you that are familiar with uh, that shop down there, it's a great location. Um, but I haven't been to the new one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I work at Red Tree. Um, it's kind of like the, the Red Tree True Tubes and, uh, or I guess True Tattoo Supply and uh, the Hell City headquarters. So kind of like when Derb and I happen to cross paths, we're, we're kind of sharing ideas about everything that's going on all the time. Um, and just like closely watching the condition of things and, you know, as like being, being part of a, a con convention promoting team, we're just kind of keeping an eye on like the state of everything right now and just kind of like watching and hoping that we can, you know, get the go ahead to, to kind of go back to normal. Yep, I think everybody's feeling the same way. Yeah, kind of just ready to rock, but cautiously at the same yeah. time. Yep, it's just kind of like a watch and wait and, you know, listen to all the advisors and, you know, at the same time, there's all kinds of changes and stuff going on within the, the tattoo community that like maybe do or don't even have anything to do with COVID. But, um, but it's kind of nice to be like on the ground floor and like be privy to so many opinions and so much information. Yeah. It's cool for, for people like you and Jordan, you've got the podcast going that really does you know, gives, gives people something to interact with without really needing to go anywhere. So that's awesome. 
yeah. Yep. It's a, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like the art of talking on camera, we're, we're starting to get better at it, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's always challenging for me just to say the least, but awesome. Thanks you for introducing yourself. Um, I'm sure oh. we'll hear more from you. All right, James, you want to say hi, uh, you're unmuted. So go ahead and tell us where you're from. <clears throat> All right. My name is James. I'm from uh, Southern California. Um, I'm, an owner of raw pigments. Um, Lauren's on our team, um, on the ownership side of the team and the, and the development side of the team. We, um, I started selling pigments to the, actually to the tattoo industry back in 2002. Um, we took on our first, um, my family owns a, a family owned dispersion house actually, which, um, we actually grind powder into pigment dispersions and make it from scratch. So we're one of the sources that, um, I think right now we're supplying about 10 other ink companies with their pigments. And um, I, I've seen through the years how everything that we were selling and, and, and what the industry was buying, I, and I couldn't quite understand why people were buying acrylic-based pigments. Um, and I mean, I'm talking from the largest guys out there to the smallest guys out there. They're all buying, they're all cookie cutters of each other. So I came up with an idea of making a, a non-acrylic-based product, which wouldn't um, dry out in the cap or dry up on the bottle. I don't know for all you tattooers out there, if you ever had a, bought a bottle of ink and only used it a half a dozen times and had the, the ink get hard as a rock in the bottle, how discouraging that must be. With our product, um, I mean, that's pretty much what drawn, got me into the industry is that we, we won't, I mean, the bottle will be as good one year as it is, five years, seven years from now, it'll still be uh, pourable, it won't dry up. You can tell if it has acrylic in it because the way it dries in the caps, um, it gets real flaky. Um, um, you shouldn't have to buy a keep it wet or any of that kind of stuff to add to your pigments really they should stay wet um, so that's how um, that's how I got into the industry and um, I like to try to stay up with the regulations and the and whatnot fight against regulations and keep uh, the industry going this whole thing with the blue and the green is, uh, is a travesty you know it's, it's really unfortunate but um, yeah I'm excited to be part of this and and thanks, Gabe, for uh, you do well on the on the camera, man. Good, good job on the intro. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm gonna completely steal. I think it was Jeff. I don't know if he got it from somebody, but it's like I don't mind uh, being on camera, except for you know the way I look, the words that come out of my mouth, and the way I sound. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. But that's yeah, me so in that that's show. awesome. That's how but, I feel too. Yeah, James and I have definitely um, I, we've always I met you really in. October, November, and we've just been bouncing around so many ideas connecting the, um, you know, connecting the two, um, finding out what artists really, there's, a, there's so many ways to really delve into the pigment and, and a lot of people geek out at it. And I'm discovering more and more people that are super in tune with what you're doing. And that's awesome. So I'm super happy to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to have you here an important part of this. So Hell yeah. Um, amazing, Michael. Amazing pigment. Really stoked, right stoked to be on the team, James. I feel honored. And um, yeah, you're um, going to push through and take over the world, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. We just want to, we just want to push forward and give everybody a, a better, safer pigment to use that, that doesn't um, dry out and 
and looks better on the skin. You know, that's our that's our goal. And hopefully the more, ha- I mean, we've had some really, really positive reviews from some people who are sponsored from other companies that, I mean, big, the big guys that actually like our pigment. Um, but like I said, if we just get into a bigger audience, get into people's hands to try it, you know, if somebody tries it with an open mind, we'll be, um, we'll be good. Right on. Okay, so um, I might be pronouncing this wrong as we go through introduction. Uh, Donal, can you hear us? Hi. How you doing, hey. Donald? Donald, I'm super how excited to meet you. This is cool that you you're here. Yeah, it's it's funny how this all sort of came about. I, I really only met you this week, and uh, <laughs> it's sort of it's gone full circle. I met James and I met Art, uh, but I just have to say this: I, I've gotten this call and two real old friends on here. Good to see you, Gabe. Absolutely, as always. <laughs> and good to see you, Mr. Talbot. Are you there? His camera's off. He is here, though. He is there. Oh, I'm going to put his camera on. It was fun. Oh, here he is. Hello, mate. All right. How you doing? <laughs> How are you guys? I got to say, Mr. Talbot is a, is a very dear friend of mine. He was my first ever guest artist in Engology in New York. First oh, ever. I'm glad to be there. Wow. <laughs> and a good time was had by all. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so just on, on that note, just a, a bit about myself. Um, I own Engology uh, Tattoo Art Gallery in New York City. Um, I also, and, and I know a bunch of you have talked about conventions. Uh, I will hopefully be doing my first convention in New York in <laughs> September. Originally, it was supposed to be in uh, May, but we made a decision at the end of December to push it forward. Thank God we did. Um, you know, Hoping, hang on one second, let me decline that call. Uh, hoping that uh, it will take place in September, um, but let's sort of wait and see. Um, I also do uh, I do a few other things within the industry. I um, Actually, I was just talking to Art just before this. I, I um, A number of years ago, I, uh, I got involved in doing what are called O1 Art for um, you know, global artists to come and work uh, legally in America. And I sort of, um, I guess it's something that I, uh, I sort of um, set up a whole business for it and, you know, do it pretty well. And uh, I've been, you know, fairly successful at that over the years. I think I've done, I think I've done something like 26 so far. I was just counting through them there before that. So um, uh, I always like to say that I got in the tattoo industry because of bad debt, um, but it turned out into, into a good business, so it did. Um, I got into it about 10 years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's look, obviously, obviously, the business over the last year has been topsy turvy to say the least. But uh, the nice thing is, we're all still here on a call like this. And uh, I don't usually lie in bed like this. I actually had back surgery last week. So I'm recovering from, from back surgery. It comes from carrying carrying the family on my back, Paul. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's why we've all got bad backs, man. <laughs> oh god! Well, that's enough shit out of me. On to the next person. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Since you're here and um, it's the first time for me to see you, want to yeah, tell us a bit about yourself? It's a, it's a first time for me doing this stuff. I've been doing like, when did this become like the normal thing, right? You know, talking to people on webcams and stuff. But I guess we're all getting the hang of it as we go along. 
So for, uh, for people who don't know, my name's Paul Talbot. I'm from Birmingham, England. I, uh, I think a long time ago, I used to be a tattooist, but uh, it's been that long. I can't really remember if I am still currently a tattooist. I'm waiting for the government to tell me if I'm still allowed to be one in the UK. So we've been... Uh, we, we're Sorry, in the Lido, of... so you got to uh, mute yourself there. you got to look like everyone. <laughs> so we're Thank currently you. in a... A lockdown in the—I don't know what the situation is in the U.S., but we've been—we've been locked down effectively since last December, so nobody's really been in work, you know. Good? And we're—and we're not going back until at, sometime after the 12th of April. So I think I'm—I'm I'm still a tattooist. It doesn't really feel like it at the moment. I just feel like I sit at the computer and do Zoom calls like this all day at the moment. I feel more like a lecturer or a teacher or a business person. I'd like to get back to drawing as soon as possible, please. <laughs> yeah we've been yeah, open I, I feel yeah. terrible for you yeah yeah it's um i mean you got to keep people safe and i get that and uh i get that it's, it's a it's a kind of blanket thing and we i mean we've we've been very fortunate the english government have been draconian in their measures but at least they've given us some uh financial help for well they give they're giving financial help for the people who are declaring their actual incomes the people who are not declaring their actual incomes are having to pay for it themselves which is you know <laughs> i mean hey do your tax returns right <laughs> you're laughing paul <laughs> i'm like dude i'm a, I'm a you know me i'm a confirmed socialist man i believe in you know laissez faire capitalism I, you know you pay the bill you know, if you made the money, pay the freight on it. And, uh, you know, and the good Lord will provide when the shit hits the fan. Right? And that's kind of how I feel. And that's how it's worked out in the UK, you know. So far, so the business is surviving thanks to Donald Trump, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> or uh, yeah. Boris Johnson. But they're kind of the same person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sandy, you are actually, I'm excited to see you here from Canada. Do you want to say hello? Hey, um, I'm Sandy. Um, I've been touching for 14 years, uh, but I feel you, Paul. I haven't been touching for a full year at this point. Just finally got a sink in yesterday. It's got to be plumbed in, and I'm hoping to actually tattoo. I don't know, probably by the same time you're tattooing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wait for all of the inspections and stuff, but. Um, we've been doing so much drawing and, and art uh, design stuff at the Reinventing the Tattoo. Um, that's uh, I'm working with Guy and Gabe and Lauren at the Reinventing the Tattoo, um, uh, getting that all created and, and working awesome. And uh, if you're ever looking for uh, some people to draw with, we do this, but with drawing things together. And it's pretty, pretty fun. And it's been making it so that now I'm going to feel super uh, confident to start tattooing when I do. Because uh, I'm like, well, I've got all this year of designing stuff and working on my art. So yeah, feel free to join us there. Um, yeah, so I'm generally, that's what I'm doing, reinventing the tattoo stuff. Uh, yeah, tattooing in Canada. <laughs> also got some pretty good uh, government help for this so yeah i feel you it's like brutal but at least the government was picking up some some bills for us a little bit i will be paying them bills in the next few years you know, <laughs> like, don't, don't worry don't Sweet. worry about that you, 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 your corporation your corporation tax is going to go up and your personal tax is going to go up all they're doing is lending you money they're not giving it yet. yeah, yeah you know? exactly <laughs> well um so sandy i was going to ask also uh, just curious how are you uh, maintaining communication with your existing clientele 
Um, I live in a pretty small town, so they're all pretty like I see them in the grocery store and uh, I'm I'm pretty I look pretty different than a lot of the people that uh, are in town because uh, it's a small rural town. And so even with my mask and whatever bundled up for winter, they'll still be like, Sandra, OK, when are you so do you get your sink in? When's the when's the tattoo happening? And so a lot of it's in person. Uh, and then and then I've been communicating on my profiles and trying to just let people know, like, it will happen. I'm sorry. It's taking so long. Don't find another artist. It's not that. <laughs> yeah, if you're in that much of a panic, you can find somebody. And then I'll cover it up later. That's what always happens. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually been doing my tattoo designs with clients via Zoom like this. So people have been booking in and I've been oh, telling them, look, I can't. I can't do this, but let's do a consultation and I'll do the design. Okay. You know, and I've been I've been just been designing for clients. You know, share the I share the screen right. with them so they can watch the artwork come together, ask, you know, ask questions and stuff. And that's that's been working out pretty good for me. You know, not this the whole Zoom thing's worked out pretty good. And it's it just means that you stay in touch with people and clients. I'm still taking bookings and I'm like, look, we'll get the design done. Uh, and then whenever I'm allowed to reopen, we'll get you slotted in, you know. And that's you know, it's, it's been one of, because of course I can take it, you know, like an artwork fee or a deposit or something. So it's, it's helped keep the business afloat, you know? Totally. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Litos, do you want to unmute yourself and introduce everyone? Yourself to everybody? Unmute. Did that there work? You. Yep. Nice. Hello, everybody. Sorry I was late a little bit. Um, feel bad because there's, I don't, I don't know how many people are here, quite a few from all over the world and um, it, it, I hate to even say that, you know, that I'm in the studio and I've just finished working and things like that with people who have not worked for over a year, which is pretty pathetic. And I actually talked to a few friends, um, even offered to, for them to leave the country and actually come here. And there's plenty of place for everybody to work and they can even leave the country. That is just insanity, uh, and that's that's pretty sad to, you know, not even have that kind of option. And the only thing we can do now is try to bend together to um, give a little bit of hope and um, make the time be a little shorter and give a little bit of a inspiration for people when they kind of a. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has the itch to to tattoo or have the ability to to make a living and. Uh, Fulfill. So if there's any chance everybody's got to get the hell out of their country to come here, I'm sure there's plenty of support around this side of the, the map. Um, but I've, we never skip a beat here. And ironically enough, people are urged to get their tattoos and uh, people being locked down to not doing anything. So uh, they feel like they need that release they need to do something for themselves and need to do something different unique and uh earn something and uh and we've been fortunate to kind of be able to fulfill that for them and obviously uh, for, for us as well and uh, i feel you know not able to do as much as i would like to do for everyone um you know if there's ways that we can do it just like getting together like this i guess is a big help uh, but just moral support can only go so far. So we have to figure other things to, to try to uh, help others financially and um, 
maybe educate the, the, the clients. I don't know what the limitations are there to actually do something at home. I know some of the countries, uh, you definitely don't want to take a chance of doing that because you will lose your license and that is just not uh, worth any anything. Uh, so I'm not sure, you know, what to say. But I'm here to help. So does everybody else here. And I appreciate you guys listening and being part of it. There's a lot going on in the world right now that we need to kind of uh, brainstorm to try to solve before it really uh, gets worse. You know, we all know what those subject things are. Uh, but that's it. And I'm not sure how many, again, how many people watching it or singing it, but uh, I've been tattooing for 42 years. And since I was 12 years old and haven't done anything else but tattooing and uh, communicating with the clientele and, and having that support is huge. And being like a, a local tattoo artist like Sandy and things like that, that is the best uh, foundation that is. You know, your home is your home, is your home base. And people think that they need to go out there and search for things. No, it's right around you. And uh, the more you uh, get that stronger, the better and more success will you be. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's it. That's what I have to say, I guess. Um, do you have any questions on anything? I'm glad to answer any questions for anybody. Or... Awesome. I'm actually happy to see you here. I mean, you, one thing you didn't say, I think, is where you're calling from, which is Florida. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really stay on the profession. Oh, but I yeah. am I am in Florida. I've been here for 39 years now. Uh, I am originally from uh, Brazil, from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and I've been here since I was 16 years old and worked for someone for 20 years. And after that, he passed away. I opened my own studio for Bit Images, and being business ever since, things stopped. Right on. Good to see you here. All right, Good hey Jason, you. Jason, you wanna? introduce yourself hey guys uh my name is jason leeser i'm a tattooer outside of philadelphia um pretty much a young buck here you know compared to a lot of the uh the vets that are on this call uh hey i'm 23 about... years old <laughs> i believe it i believe it i've been uh tattooing for about 10 years um been working on getting my convention lineup going this year Got one out in Gettysburg, uh, the Battlefield Expo already booked up, looking at booking up a few more. Um, I also lead the Sunday afternoon drawing groups for the reinventing group, uh, where basically people pop in and, you know, we talk tattoos and do some drawing, work on some artwork, do some critiques, talk about new and exciting things in the field of tattooing and, um, you know, hopefully educate a few people on a few things and Everyone here is always welcome to join. Um, you know, depending on what your schedule is like, you're always welcome to jump in. Uh, I always value new perspectives and ideas, new feedback, uh, opinions. Um, you know, thing. Even if you just wanted to chime in and maybe give a shout out or do some some promotion for whatever you guys have going on, you're always more than welcome on Sundays. Yeah, you guys have definitely covered some some interesting topics. I'll say. Well, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things out there to talk about. So, you know, everything from machines and, you know, pigments and, you know, techniques. I mean, there's, 
an endless amount of topics to discuss. Yeah, definitely. Um, can I ask a question to the everyone that's in the States? Can you move from one state to another freely at the moment with the COVID, or yes. can you not travel? Or yep. Yes, it's your own discretion. Correct. Yeah, for us, I mean, it does come down to uh, even down to local, but a lot of state government. So, for example, in the state that I live in, there was a supreme a right state supreme there. court decision that was overturned. So. That, that's why we went. We were opened in May of 2020 and haven't closed. So it kind of does vary on where you're located in the states, but moving freely is definitely. Texas and Mississippi actually took away the, the mask mandate completely and so did Florida. I mean, you can only have to wear a mask anymore. So, I mean, they, they've opened up 100% fully. So it's not like that for you then. What's it like uh, for your guys' uh, restrictions? Oh, it changes just about every day. One minute you can go to a, another state um, freely and then it changes and you've got to do a quarantine. Um, my mother passed away in New Zealand. I couldn't leave the country um, for a funeral or anything. Um, but yeah, over here, you know, pretty much... I, I'm in Perth. I can't even get down to see my sister in Adelaide. Um, pretty much, yeah. Free to travel around in the state, but yeah, can't hop from state to state too easy because you might not be able to get back. They might, you might get stuck. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. I'm gonna move on. S.J. Warner, you wanna introduce yourself? I'm seeing you for the first time. Yeah, um, my name's SJ. I'm a tattoo artist here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm also fairly new to the game. I've only been tattooing for about five years now, but I'm very interested on business aspect of things because um, the gentleman that I'm working with, he wants to give me the opportunity to manage his shop at the end of the year. So I'm really excited to learn as much as I can about that, that side of things. So Awesome. Yeah. Excited to be here. Very cool. Uh, Michael, can you, if you want to chime in, you can, but you can wave too. Michael's out of Florida. He's doing a portrait challenge today with Ryan Eternal. And we've already, Jason and I have already chimed in on our, on our thoughts, <laughs> but we can, we can kind of watch out to see, see the progress on that. Um, all right. I think Gabe, have you introduced yourself or the introduction was the intro? Well, uh, yeah, maybe. So I do uh, computer stuff for uh, tattooers. Uh, since the mid nineties. And um, I had uh, some shops at one point and conventions and uh, we'll definitely do conventions again and probably won't do any more shops. Huh. But uh, I do uh, consulting and uh, work with, with Guy and reinventing to make uh, all the technical stuff happen. Uh, do some business uh, classes. I've got a new uh, uh, business course that will be launching because I, uh, yeah, because I've got to get it all out of my head and um <laughs> Yeah, so it's fun to, uh, it's definitely fun to catch up with all the different types of people. And uh, it's uh, fun to be in the space in between like the technology and the community, you know, guys really uh, dedicated to helping people get together, you know, in, in groups like this. So, uh, but, you know, having uh, uh, the option or the ability to help kind of him, uh, you know, get his vision through the technology is uh, a 
probably the best one of the best jobs a computer tattoo geek could you know have at the moment so yeah. i can't wait to do it again in person right so the, the beauty really is that we're really excited for like you know so guy and i've been doing technology and stuff like this for you know 10 15 years uh you know when it was costing fifteen thousand dollars to put something like this together um and really the the, the fun it not the fun the the good out, out aspect of everybody kind of being forced into the computer world uh, is going to actually really uh, come to fruition when everyone can actually meet again in person. And, you know, when we start to be able to do things and, and go to, to go to places safely and meet all the people that we had met online and like, holy shit, you're a real person, you know, a real person in real life that we can hang out with <laughs> for the weekend at a convention or whatever. And then, um, and then everybody gets back online uh, when they go home and it's, uh, it, it's going to be, pretty crazy to uh to see how this all uh plays out but um yeah well i mean that's i guess that's yeah that's the short one <laughs> yeah the short one let's say for sure i think everybody's introduced themselves that's here right now so awesome um i guess uh paul while you're here since this is the first time i'm curious um from your perspective on the the pigment issues happening may oh yeah <laughs> Well, I, I, am, I am interested because you're definitely not from the states. Uh, we have a different perspective here. I feel like I feel personally restricted in in the way that I can help in terms yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, I've really only only caught up on this uh, in the last couple of days because I don't do I, I don't do a lot of like social media and stuff. I'm not I'm just not really that kind of human being. I find it a vacuous pit of excrement. If I'm honest, <laughs> to, be, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so I get information late. Um, I suppose for me, uh, and I know one of the guys on here uh, deals with, with pigments and inks and stuff. Uh, I guess playing dev devil's advocate, my first question would be, uh, if they're talking of banning these two seemingly very important colours, uh, why and are those existing powdered pigments safe? Because if they're being banned, are they being banned for no reason or are they being banned because they've got arsenic and cobalt and you know, all kinds of carcinogenic products in them. Because one of, my, one of my thoughts was, I've heard a lot of hyperbolic statements, like very quickly, because I'm playing catch up on this. So forgive me if I've, I've got this completely in a different place. I, I apologize for that. But my thought was um, a bit like big tobacco and, you know, food companies that have, that have had to, years after people realize that their products are dangerous, they now have to pay millions of dollars in reparations to the medical industry that have to treat their clients. I don't really want to put dangerous pigments in people's body only to find that 15 years from now, I'm going to have to pay some kind of ongoing reparation tax because my industry killed people. Um, so my first question is, why are they being banned? If they're, being, if they're completely safe, then what's the problem? Why are they being banned? Um, and like I say, I... I've really only skim read this before I jumped on this call, right? So if I've got things completely wrong, I, I apologize to the people more in the know than me. But as a working tattooist, I don't want to use any products that aren't safe. Full stop, you know? And if that means that my ink suddenly has to become cosmetic grade ink, then, then so be it. That's part of the path towards tattooing becoming a little bit less like the Wild West, if you'll excuse my American cousins are getting offended by that. But... <laughs> um, but I, you know, I want to make, I want to work in a professional industry. So if the, and I, and I have to trust my ink manufacturers to give me ink that is safe to put in my clients' bodies. 
So that's as a tattooist, I guess that's my first concern is if your if your stuff isn't safe and it's being banned by somebody, then like why can't you just find an alternative and, and find something safe for me? I don't want to put arsenic and cobalt and, and heavy metals into people's bodies because that's that's not cool. I think um, <clears throat> there's a lot of resources. I obviously I'm always always um, raking information in as it comes, but um, there would be resources on like it's it's a not a hard line, a soft line between what uh, what's out there and the research that's available, and actually, is it that bad? The, the, the parts per million, the parts per million of, of of the metals being in the in the inks are so minuscule that it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, it really is. I mean, they have the CT um, CTS or CTL lab over in um, Europe that's testing that's testing everybody's pigments now. I mean, they've been testing them for years. This is more of just a just a, a political grab. I mean, just a political statement. They're just trying to. The, the problem is that when when we got involved with um, the women getting tattooed for the permanent makeup is really when this became um, the biggest issue, I believe. Um, when the, the L'Oreal's and the Paul Mitchell's and the, the, the big um, cosmetic companies are getting involved with it now. So it's, it's become more front and center of an issue, I believe. The, the way I, I've spoken to a few lawyers that represent some of the, the, the largest um, ink companies in, in the world and they... Um, they believe that we should have a stamp on the, the bottles that should say, um, you know, just like a, um, a stamp on an alcohol, um, a beer can or a, a pack of cigarettes saying that this is an adult, adult's um, choice to get this done to their body. And that it's a freedom and that the government's taking away our freedoms to do what we want with our body. And that's the way it should really be um, presented, not not as if this is safe because you're never going to win that battle if it's safe or if it's not safe. I mean, scientists and stuff can say, oh, it's safe going into the body. Right now, I think one of the big things is, oh, it's safe going into the body, but um, lasering it out, you can get, it creates carcinogenic, or it does this or that when people are getting them lasered out and it's breaking down inside the body to get the ink out of the body completely. And they're saying that that could be, possibly could be, um, could be bad for the body. Um, but I mean, going in, the, 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 it's so minuscule. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's any real studies but they've been fighting and trying to fight on a scientific level like that. And from now what I'm hearing is that that's not the, that's not the proper way to fight it. The proper way to get the masses and to get everybody involved that aren't in the tattoo ink industry. Cause we need to get the regular, the general public involved in this is that they're taking away our freedoms and that it should be our human right. To, it should be a, a person's choice to do what they want with their body. Um, the government shouldn't be able to tell people they can't get tattooed or they can't get tattooed. So I think that would be the, um, the best way to, to um, battle the, the government. <laughs> yeah. And, I, um, I said that properly. Uh, yeah, if that makes sense. In, in the U S here, I think that there's, uh, I guess, uh, th the way that you would test aside from everybody knowing and seeing their clients over the past, say 40 years, um, we don't want to test on animals. You don't want to provide certain types of testing and stuff like that. So, uh, we do definitely have a good grasp on, certain types of pigments and their reactions, but maybe if there was more, um, I suppose, a focus on packaging and stuff like that, or providing real evidence that says, yes, this is actually going to bite you in the ass, you know, um, real evidence that says, yes, this is good, or no, there's not, um, you know, there's then questions about 
the ink breaking down into lymph nodes and particle size. There's a lot of questions that go, um, but I feel like an abrupt halt at, the, at this rate without providing that evidence is more on the political end in the political realm. So, um, you know, a lot of tests that have been done haven't really been taken into consideration because it's an if then sort of sequence as to why the thallow blue and the thallow green will then be banned. Um, One thing are, I wanted to make a comment on is that also is that the cosmetic grade stuff um, that he was talking about, like oh, using a cosmetic grade, some of that stuff, I mean, if you if you tattooed with it, it would disappear within like two years. I mean, you wouldn't be able to see the tattoo anymore. I mean, so that's not that there's not like a, a, a really great alternative. There are other the green, um, the green seven that they're trying to ban. There is another green. There's a green 36 that that's um, a good pigment that you could use. But it's um it's they're saying now that it's um it's component it's, it's made up just very too almost too similar to the the green seven it's like they're going to get rid of one and let the other one pass but then they're going to be go getting rid of that one two years later also because they want to say that it's no good as well so I mean with the green they do have somewhat of an alternative but I mean it's going to be it's going to be banned quickly after the the, the green seven so and the blue is a little bit more difficult. I mean, being that's a primary, I mean, that's really, I mean, that really screws you, you know what I mean? I, I mean, getting rid of the, the blue is 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 really going to be tough. Can I uh, jump in and ask a, a quick question um, just based on, you know, a few different things that I had kind of heard. Maybe, maybe this isn't correct. Maybe you can clear it up for me. Um, so I was under the assumption that these pigments that are being banned in, in Europe and in the UK, um, that they were being banned not because they had been shown to be harmful, but because there wasn't enough evidence to support the fact that they were safe. So almost like a preemptive ban, you know, only because they don't know if it's going to be bad. Um, and if that's the case, you know, looking at things in the US where we're kind of like it, we take a little bit of an opposite stance where, you know, maybe we won't do something until we know it's dangerous. Look at cigarettes, for example, right? Um, we didn't even have to have warnings on a box until it was proven year after year after year that these were actually very, very dangerous for you. And I mean, don't get me wrong, that, that little warning on the side of the box doesn't prevent me from going outside and having a cigarette. Um, but it almost seems like they're doing it preemptively just in case, right? So right. maybe, maybe I'm incorrect on that. No, I think you're, I think you're accurate. I think that's an accurate statement. I think that, I don't think that they don't have any proof, but the, the problem is proving that, proving that they are safe is where it comes into where it's almost, some, it's hard to do that. You know, it's hard to, right. it's hard to prove that they, that they are safe. I mean, I've talked to, like I said, I've talked to some of the lawyers who are the biggest companies in the world that make ink, and they, they just say that it's better if we if we combat it by saying that this is our body, this is our right. It's an adult thing to do. You have to be over 18. You should be able to choose for yourself what you want to do. You know, that's the that's the way to fight this, is this to say they're taking away our freedoms um, rather than to try and scientifically prove that it is safe. You know, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I, I think that what you're saying is pretty accurate. Because they haven't been able to prove, like, there, there's no definite information. Otherwise, if there was definite information, we'd all have it. We'd all see that it's really unsafe, you know. I mean, there'd be, there'd be proof, you know. Everybody would be seeing it right now. I mean, we'd already know. So I don't think they have any studies. I think what you're saying is very accurate to what's going on. 
and then, then where do they stop? Yeah, where the, do they stop? It's I a guess blue and green now. When, when's, the, when's the next? I mean, then the, the violet 23 they just got rid of, which is a, a very unique pigment, the quinacridone violet. I mean, that I use that every day. They say you can't use violet 23 anymore. Then violet 19 is no good. I mean, they're just, I mean, pretty soon there's going to be yellow 74, yellow 65. I mean, there's going to be starting to get rid of. I mean, pretty soon over in Europe, you're only going to be able to use black and white until they ban those two pigments, you know? Uh, Lauren? Yes. Donald? Yes. I, I just sort of want to piggyback on, on a couple of things and, and just sort of, you know, Paul opened up the conversation um, and I, I totally agree with him. I, I think everybody in this call um, would be de are definitely risk adverse. That's, you know, that's the first thing, you, you know, you, you've got somebody who comes to you, trusts you implicitly with your artwork, with who you are, with your, you know, your safety, your health, everything like that. The last thing you want to do is put a carcinogenic into, into their body. Um, so I 100% agree with that. I, I, I guess I also look at it a little bit more, and you know, I'm not a tattoo artist, I'm, I'm a business person. So I, I like to look at, I, I like to follow the money. That, that's always my, my rationale. And I know Paul and I have chatted about this before. Um, and somebody mentioned about, you know, one of those big companies, L'Oreal. When you, when you mention big corporations like that, you've got to look to what the money factor is. And I truly believe that these big corporations, L'Oreal, Revlon, Johnson Johnson, they've suddenly realized in the last 10 years, probably through the cosmetic industry, but more so how our industry has grown and, and has become part of the mainstream, that we're a $25 billion industry, which will be a $100 billion industry in 10 years from now. And they want a part of that. Actually, they want all of it. Because I used to, you know, some of the guys in the call know, I used to, you know, sell my soul downtown Wall Street for 15 years. So I can tell you that, you know, those motherfuckers will fuck you harder in the ass than the guy behind's fucking them. That's, that's the realism of capitalism, Paul. <laughs> but, you know, I, I truly believe that in Europe, this is uh, a political grab, which is, which is back. And obviously, I'm, I don't want to sound political, but it's a grab by the major corporations who understand at the end of the day that they want a piece of this business. And it's always the same. The easiest way to do that is to try and get in there and shit on what we're doing. But what I can say is, and it's funny, like the last week or so, I think I became aware of this a couple of years ago. And obviously there's, there's big names in our industry. And, um, you know, we, we all have sort of big egos and, 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 and whatnot. Um, like this has been floating around for a couple of years. There were some, some of the bigger companies tried to sort of pull it together. That, that didn't happen. Um, and it just sort of seemed like over the last three or four weeks that this has come out of thin air. It's been talked about for about the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, and it's going to happen. I think it's over a decade, Donald. That yeah. Probably. 2000, 2008, I know it was first yeah. mentioned. Probably. Yeah. But look, as, as we both know, you, you know, unfortunately, when you stick your head in the sand, the big boys come along and they just, they run over you. And they're, they're not they're coming, they're here. And this is yeah. going to happen. And it's going to happen in a way where it's going to, it won't destroy our industry. It'll destroy our industry as to how it looks right now. 
but our industry will transform into something else, which they will own. And we know, look, I mean, we, we talked about this a few years ago, Paul, in London, about the corporations, the hedge funds that are moving in. And they're just, they're buying every fucking major company in the tattoo world because they see, instead of getting 0.5% return on their money, they're seeing returns of like 7, 8, 9, 10% on their money. And I, I don't want to sound like too much like an economist or here, but the, it, this, this is, is a, a business crap. call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eternal sold world of famous, and they they have all all the income he's even sold. I think the only one who's probably owned that's one of the big guys is Mario. Now, I think Mario's the only one who owns his company now. I mean, and Tens and Tens is the only one. I mean, Eternal um, Fusion they sold. I mean, Kingpin, um, Tat sold. I mean, everybody's selling to this um, to those Nexus guys and those hedge funds and whatnot. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty sad yeah usually when yeah. things happen they don't they don't always happen um in a line it's usually a full circle that we may not realize that actions on this side of the circle are going to directly affect us just later in time so when things are happening that we don't really understand i just want to be prepared i want to have the evidence um but how do we come up with that information and who's necessarily responsible for the distribution of that information you know um well, in, in general, it's those who want something who are responsible for the distribution. Look, we go back to those sort of like familiar phrases of, you know, history is written by the winners. And I hate to say that, but history is written by the winners, you know, and the winners usually have money. And I, I, I don't want to sound like doom and gloom here. I know I do, but Talbot's probably okay, shaking his head back there. But, but it, is, it is something that they're, they're going to do this and they're going to do this rapidly. Um, and it, it is very important that every artist, collector, pigment producer, everybody you know, that you ask them to go and sign this petition in Europe, that, that at least, you know, shows them that, that, that there, there's an energy out there. And I think, you know, the, the whole indication seems to be like, when you think about uh, what, what are the, the, the products in our world that we use on a common basis, but deem to be unsafe for us, you know, cigarettes, alcohol um you know for a long time weed and, and other sort of like you think about like the pharmaceutical industry and the mm. easiest way the easiest way to get beyond that you think about the record industry you know this paul parental advisory mm -hmm. labels you know d snyder went to congress in 1986 you know um that we i believe that we have to fight it to fight it i believe that we have to continue it from a framework of, okay, it's here. Now we want to do something where, you know, I mean, sometimes in America, and obviously I'm not American but for 30 years, and this whole sort of thing of our rights gets thrown around all, all over the place. But this, this really does come down to your rights. You think about it, you can't get tattooed in New York City until you're 18. And there's a reason for that. You can't smoke in New York City, I think, until you're 21, maybe yeah. now. Yeah. Mind-blowingly, you cannot drink in America until you're 21. Mind-blowing. And by the way, you're talking oh, to somebody who's you're talking to somebody who's been sober for 70 years. <laughs> so I don't give a fuck, you know. But when when the government and big organizations they definitely want to push the COVID jab, they definitely want to what? push that vaccine on everyone. Is that safe? You know what I mean? It's 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 like everything that they they want to hand us, and and sometimes we 
we become like sheep and, and we sort of like, you know, we just head towards the cliff. This feels like heading towards the cliff a little bit. Um, it's just unfortunate. And, and maybe, Gabe, you, you'll have an input in this. But the, unfortunately, there, there isn't a cohesive element within our industry when you think how big our industry actually is. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, my, I mean, my, the only thing that could possibly save tattooing is the uh, shortness of the practice. Like, I mean, corporations took over the music business, right? How'd that work out? Like, is there still actually any good music being made? I'm sure there, I know there is, but like the, the, like the corporations are definitely, their job is to make money, not necessarily to make good art or to make good, even make good products. It's to make money, uh, at least in the traditional American capitalist kind of go for it all system. Um, and, and when you get to the point where it's, so, but, 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 but tattooing, like you guys, I mean, if it gets down to it, I was thinking about this in the context of COVID, like fucking, I'm a computer geek. Like, I don't, I could do this for another year or two and not even fucking break a sweat. I mean, I really do like getting together with people, but this is like right up my alley. Um, and, and I, you know, as, as vaccines, at least in America are coming out, like we're coming out of this in the next couple of months. So I'm, I'm almost not even prepared. Uh, but if power was to go out, or, or if the internet was to go out, I'd be fucked. Like if the internet went out, I'd be screwed. Like I, I'd be, I'd be like, I mean, I'd be able to figure something out. I'm relatively clever, but like tattooers could still like find, I don't know, some sort of carbon thing and like poke holes in people, you know, for the food and drugs. And then they'll come back with their friends for more like that, you know, um, not that, you know, <laughs> we want tattooing to get back to like, you know, poking people with just the black ink and the needles they can make to themselves. Um, but you know, at least that's where tattooing comes from. It's, I guess what I'm saying is it's very empowering. So if there's anything that's going to stop like evil corporations from taking over the art of tattooing, it's the fact that, and you know, tattooers make the decisions about what they're purchasing and where they're purchasing it from. And often they can actually create the shit they need to do it. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but wouldn't the, wouldn't the simplest course correction if, if we're talking about this and this is, you know, if Donald's correct and uh, this is part of a corporate land grab of the tattoo industry that's going to be worth a lot of money, wouldn't the simplest course correction be we only buy industry-owned, industry-operated? If we all yeah. did that tomorrow, the corporations will walk away. If they went, look, these, these fucking tattoo people, they won't buy anything that's not from another tattooist. If we all did that and went, if a tattooist doesn't own the brand, I ain't buying the product. Wouldn't that correct the cause? I mean, it probably won't fix this this ban. You know, right? The the voting with your dollar argument falls short within. It's like only people with money get to vote, right? Like it, it kind of it's true, right? I guess theoretically, but like there's also so many people buying so much stuff at this point that that, that I mean, like, Eternal Infusion just sold out to 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 Nexus. I mean, I mean everybody. I mean, pretty much. The, I mean, the biggest I think payment company in the world is Eternal. I mean, and I mean, so everybody's just going to have to boycott, you know what I mean? That, that would be, and there's so many people that are sponsored artists that, I mean, take pride in their products. I mean, I think that would be kind of hard to, I can mean, I, when they, can, I, can I ask you a question on that, James? Like, obviously, I do know that Eternal Infusion and Tatso and, uh, kill, is it Killering? No, not Killering. Who's the other one, Paul? And, Barbara, and, yes. Barber. I think I think critical power supplies are yeah. part of that. Yeah. And so is the bishop. The can I? Ask, yeah. Can I, I think ask you? Do you know? 
are, are Nexus has, are they part of this conversation? I have no idea. I no, that, know that, would, that would be an interesting thing. If you can go get I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that we could have representatives of uh, any of some of those companies in this next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. That would be, I, I would, uh, okay, I have to be careful here. I was going to say, I would enjoy that, but <laughs> I won't, I won't be that bad. But I no, think- it, I, I would like to hear if they want to be part of our business so much, uh, they, they, they would be in here in a second. I know a couple of them that would be in here in a second. And they'd be advocates, um, you know, and, and they're, yeah, well, and they're advocates for tattooers. They, you know, the, the people that, you know, and this is where I can't speak for the whole environment, but the people no, that I know I, that are involved, they're, they're real people that really want the best for tattooing and they leverage the power they can from the corporate, you know, uh, machine that they work inside of to do the best that they can, you know, um, and again, I think that again, Paul, like you'll definitely know this story. Like when I was working in the music business, I, whenever I was talking to anybody, I was never talking to them in the role that they were in then, because they were going to be on a different record label or a different rock and roll club or like, you know, so, so the piece is going to be chewing them up and moving them to the different parts somewhere else. They still care about the art working inside of the machinery of a corporation. So, uh, but yeah, so, to, but to that point, I'm sure that if we, you know, when we do this in a month, if uh, we invite uh, them, they'll be here. Be probably, I mean, we probably should have just, it's, it's almost, uh, we put this together relatively last minute. So thank you everybody for showing up and thank you for Warren for, for, for putting it out. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I, think, I think this will be a dangerous thing to do, Gabe. Uh, and the reason for that is because if you, you know, we already being used for a while now uh, by, by every company and because you know tattooing is hip and um it, it, it sells and and all the above you know i go into uh, a store and this is what i see like uh, you know right there there's an advertising for dockers and there's a tattoo guy with a tattoo in his hand and there's another picture from somebody else that's uh, a different company with another guy that's tattooed i know it's here on there um, you know, the companies that are there, they already want a piece of it. They already been using a little bit at a time. And like, you know, Donald was saying before, you know, when you sign a petition and you try to get your voice out there, um, I, I think the voice has to be a little bigger than that. It, the public has to be involved. And the whole thing is that they, I think you guys are right when you're saying that um, if somebody steps in, they're going to ban the, the two particular pigments because they can't do it all. So they have to start opening the door to kind of get the attention. And once they do that, then people go, oh, but this is also bad. Well, that's a ban that too. And then to turn around on this big corporations that are actually going to see that, that actually they're in contact. Like I said, we're talking about the big guys that actually, you know, sit in their yacht talking about it. Hey, listen, I bought, you know, Kingpin and I bought that soul and, you know, was making a shitload of money. And now let's do that. What can you do? Say, well, I want a piece of it. Well, we are L'Oreal. And what can you help me with that? Well, let's bend the pigment. Now let's create legislation to where we have the resources <laughs> to tell them how we're going to build the, this pigment our, under our laboratory and our laws has to be foreseen by our company. So now everybody that's in the tattoo industry has to answer to them. They put the regulations, they put all the barriers, they put all the things that they're gonna make money on it. They're like, they're creating something for them to be in control 
and that's just going to be a shit show. You can't do that. They have to stop it as soon as possible. Everything that's being used now, when you talk about medicine, and you know, I don't know how it is uh, out there with you guys, but here in the United States, a minute a long uh, medication uh, commercial, it's 55 seconds of all the bad shit that that medication can cause, can cause someone. That's why, that's just you're protecting the people. Oh, let's just be a few good and tell people what can happen, but the medicine is for five seconds only. Well, like somebody was mentioned before, put on a bottle. You know what? Um, don't do this, whatever the, the, the legality part about it, as long as you talk about a cigarette, it is your choice to, to smoke but it is right there on the package. So the industry already got a piece of that. They don't have a piece of the tattoo industry. So they want to tap on that. And once they do, all those little fine prints and things like that are going to be controlled, paid by those big companies. Uh, you have to kind of put a barrier there. We are our own industry that are able to be self-sufficient. We cannot bring these big guys in there because it's just not going to work. They're going to kind of flushes all, all out. You know, we need the support of clients, not just uh, the, the, the artist itself. And the, obviously the manufacturers is not that many, but there are the most important thing that we have. Uh, not only that, the fact that if something gets banned, they're not thinking of the consequences of all the above. Let's say if you have a $25 billion industry that we all have businesses and the businesses pay rent to a building like this. And that building won't have that business. So that business owner is gonna lose that business because they went out of business. So now imagine do the numbers, just in the United States alone, people that actually providing biohazard pickup uh, services, those businesses are gonna be closed down or minimized because we depend on them. Paper, paper companies that we use disposable paper. I can go on and on with this shit. Cartridge, tubes, you name it. I mean, bandages, Sanoderm, Dermalize, all these companies, they are not going to have resources to survive. And they're not thinking ahead of that because there's other businesses that are connected. There are ramifications of our business that actually, if we get banned, we don't need to pay taxes. We can work on the ground. I mean, you want that? Well, no. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I rather play legit and play by the rules. And if we can help them make the rules and actually clarify to people, I think that's what we want to be. You know, not bring some big guns into this industry to actually to flush us out in the end, because they are going to get a good percentage of it. You know, that's the way they operate. You know, that's the way it is. Look at Blockbuster Video, went out of business. There's only one left in Oregon. You know what? Like, Netflix came around, they offer, hey, listen, you want to bend together? I got a better idea to do this. It's, nah, fuck you. We're out of here. And look at Netflix now. Blockbuster is <laughs> out of business except for one in the country. So things change. Things evolve. You know, we evolved and people see that. We became very powerful financially. Uh, we became attention getter. And the big companies see that they don't have a hold of that and they want it bad. I've got a um, question too. Um, sorry to interrupt too. Is that you, Gabe? Yeah, yeah, no, feel free. I was just feel free. How do we define how do we um how do we do that level between what is right 
and um, what should be done versus the health of our future. If there is so much uncertainty, then why is this thing moving forward so quickly? You just know, why is there, why is there such a gas pedal on this is, is where my red flag goes because the studies that have been done and ha are available aren't necessarily uh, in the equation. To you just follow, follow the money, Lauren. Yep. That's yeah. Simple. I think, thing. Um, I think they're just starting the conversation, right? The whole thing is that they're talking about banning. The, the conversation is let out there. It got our attention. And, you know, as much as we can do to kind of stop that conversation or take it to a different direction, that's what we're No, it's not. It's not conversation. It's banned. It's banned in Europe. The, you can't even get, you can't get yeah, the blue I, 15. In the green seven, you can't even submit them to get approved now at the lab that's approving them. I mean, it's it's already done. And it's like yeah. a, it is kind of like one step further. Like in Spain, they've always kind of had their spiel where, like, when the health person come in, they'd be like pointing to the inks that were there on the tables, uh, you know. But then when they were tattooing, they'd use the real inks that they were buying. Like at this point, it's like at the distributor or, or where they're actually creating the inks, it's that they can't get the the pigments right. Well, I mean, I could get. Well, I could, yeah. I guess. I mean, I can get the inks. I can get any of the inks. I mean, and, and all the big companies can get all the, the inks that they want, but it's 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 um, getting them um, submitted for the, the CTL test to, to stamp their stamp of approval. They're going to, I mean, in Europe, if you walk into a shop or distributor and they have that they're up for sale, they're going to get fined or they're going to get whatever. I mean, so they're, they're pulling it right off the shelf from the distributor. Rough. Um, so I just want to, we have a couple more people that have uh, joined. We've got, uh, we haven't heard yet from Nicole, Johnny, uh, Chris Harrison, or Melissa. So I just want to make sure that I'll let Lauren kind of pick the order, but yeah, I want to make Chris, sure we get to everybody. Chris, you say hi, where you're calling from? What's happening? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm calling from South Wales. I do that title show with Paul. Um, and I've been looking into this who pigment situation for a few weeks now just and to interrupt on him he's not oh, actually you in our filming you, you shut the fuck up he's not actually in our filming set he sat in his car yeah i've had to sit in my car because uh my daughter is just running around shouting that's well chris uh while you're on your phone could you turn it sideways so that we get yeah there we go how's that you now we can see more of your car <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the dark in the parking lot um so one of my concerns, right, is as a, as ink manufacturers, right, they've known about this since 2008. So, like, why is it only now when they're literally getting banned are people actually putting pressure on the tattoo industry to kind of sign a petition to stop them from being banned without providing us as artists with the evidence to say that it's safe? It's kind of like I feel like we're being scaremongered into signing a petition and by the way i have signed it just because i don't want to lose my colors but i do feel like the pressure is being put onto us as artists to sign a petition with no evidence to back it up on either side like for me if an if, a, if an ink manufacturer said sign this petition because our inks are safe here is the scientific data to prove that it's safe i would be way more on board than I am now. I'm kind of on the fence because at the minute, I just feel like people are going, oh, you're going to lose your freedom. And, you know, I don't think, I, I personally don't feel like the whole argument of like losing my freedom to have a tattoo is a good enough argument to kind of stop the pigments from being banned. I feel like 
it should be more legit. And as an industry, we always say we want to be legit. We want to be taken seriously. But then when it comes to something that is as serious as this, it's like sign a petition. There's no kind of legitimacy behind it. That's just my little thought on it. Um, I don't know if anyone thinks any different. So I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten caught up. I've just kind of heard a little bit uh, that Lauren's shared with us. And I'm just wondering, like, is there, has there been any sort of actual um, studies that either side has been able to bring forward or use? And also I have no idea who Nexus is and if anybody wants a short explanation of who that is. Uh, short, short explanation of Nexus kind of is like there, a, a, a big corporate firm that has bought uh, over a half a dozen of the most popular tattoo supply companies at it. Okay. And then there's another, there's, there's like two or three different uh, co companies, head funny kind of big businessy companies that have bought up uh, a significant amount of the, you know, pr you know usually the independent uh, tattoo companies. Did you, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you with it. Did you know that the Nexus Group was actually co-founded by the owner of Tatsol as well? Because like a lot of people have seemed to think that the Nexus Group is like a random company that's bought Tatsol, but if like I've done some research into it and it, it's looking like Billy Chen is actually the co-founder of Nexus. I did know that. Right. But yeah, I mean, um, they're all, I mean, again, for, for me, you know, the, 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 for me, I mean, I own a corporation. A corporation is actually just a, a label of a way that a business does business. Mm. Like if people are doing good, then that's cool. You know, and if you have a lot of money and you're doing really good, then that's even cooler. Uh, you know, but if you're not, you know, then you're not. Uh, just, just a quick thing on that. Uh, Nexus was actually, uh, the original company was a company called Bunker Hill Capital. Um, and Bunker Hill uh, then merged with, was acquired by the new company Nexus. Uh, and I don't want to speak for Billy. I, I don't think Billy is a founder of it. Billy certainly has um, a part of it. And, and I'm sure oh. part of I'm sure part of his buyout deal for Tat Soul, and once again, I have no fucking idea. But having right, stuff like this before, he, you know, he has a buyout deal where he's still there for five years and whatever, and he's listed as, you know, a corporation partner and things like that. But um, the original, the original company was Bunker Hill. Um, they were the first company to to buy into the tattoo industry in in a big way, probably about eight or nine years ago, maybe Gabe knows more about that. Um, but at this point, there are so many corporations out there who are looking at our, our business, the tattoo removal business, which is a huge part of our business as well. Mm -hmm. and the, the, you know, the product part, like once again, it comes back to, and I know I've had lots of discussions with Paul about this, you know, the, the artist is the, is, is, the fulcrum of, of what this discussion is. And then from that, we have a $25 billion industry which has developed around it. So you have the products, you have the conventions, you have the studios, you have business analysts, you have all of those things. And you know, it's 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 a bit like um it's a bit like any small industry, mom and pop industry, or, or in our case, an industry that's been that's really been around for three thousand years. Cause when you think about it, it's it's how we defined our tribes. You know, and it's, it's how we marked ourselves, and it's how we designated our, you know, our our land grabs back then to to what it is today. And I I, I keep going back to it, but I, I I because I know it's true that there's a reason why, you know, there's a reason why 
the world of tattooing, when, when you think about um, our military and, and our Navy coming back after World War II, who were predominantly the tattooed people of, of, of America, of, of the working class America, and suddenly in many, many states, they made it illegal. So they did. And they made it illegal by affiliating it with the biker culture and the gang culture. And then you had the culture within the prison population. We talked about, you know, the, the, the tattooing and the black inks and, and those sort of things. When, when situations like this arise, and I, I don't want to sound very political, but I know I fucking do, but you, you must follow the money. And the money tells you that capitalist America, and I embrace capitalism, is a big part of what's going on. And what, that, what, what people will tell you is we, we, we unfortunately now have to be, because they're here, we have to be part of the solution. We, 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 because if we're not, they will look at us as part of the problem. And if they look at us as part of the problem, they will flatten us. Can I ask you a question? Um, sorry to interrupt if I have. Uh, so do you think the answer to these big corporate companies is to create uh, an artist-owned corporate entity to fight against them then? Because like, it feels like if we just sit here kicking and screaming as like individuals, we're never going to win. Yeah, this is, the, you know, the tricky part is that, you know, Nexus uh, is a brand company. What they do is invest on potential businesses that can make them money. So the whole thing is that they found an industry that they can buy. So they buy Tesla, Kingpin and whatever that is. So they buy the company, that's user number, $20 million for one of them. So they buy this company that kind of a creative from nothing, uh, made a certain amount of money. They buy it for $20 million. Now they don't want to manage the business. They want to sell the business, just like buying art. So when you buy an art, you can find a Monet that you find for $5 million. Well, you bought it for $5 million, but you're going to resell it for $35 million. So they're doing this, they're going to license their companies that they buy to another investors to actually make money with that. They're licensing companies. So they're just not there to, oh yeah, let's go to work and just manage this investment now. I think they're looking for other people to license their uh, purchases so the other people can make money. And this is not good for us because I don't think we have the power to actually buy those companies to really, you know, take a hold of the control. I might be wrong about that. You're not. Wrong. Is this all speculation, though? Is this all? Is this all? Like, it is speculation. speculation yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah. no, no one really knows. Like, I, I viewed that. Is it the Artists Alliance, which is uh, FKIN's, uh, Painful Pleasures, and World Famous, and a pound of flesh? They've kind of come together to go against the nexus group so that to me is like an artist owned company that's kind right. of but then they are being seen as just as bad as the nexus group right, right. i want to can i interrupt real quick get, just because i'd like to hear from ben kyle melissa and nicole but first um i think one thing that you can do as an individual because you're the one and we're the ones with the most actual evidence is to maybe document what you know about every single color that you use and that we could possibly compile all of the evidence that we have from 100,000 people, organize and put it together. But we have, we're the ones with the most evidence about what is good and what isn't good. We've seen it over time. We've seen it for decades. Yes. 
So yes. Lauren, I was actually just sitting here thinking uh, and trying to find a good time to like bring up this brainstorm I've been having, but how hard would it be to organize um, tattooers and like seriously heavily like covered in tattooed people? Like how, how hard would it be to organize those people and write down like, no, I'm covered in all kinds of colors and I've never had any reactions. Here's my physical. Here's how healthy I am. Yeah, like how hard would it be to organize um, I'm not exactly sure. I think it would be, I think something like that would be possible. Who's, but if we did, if we found a way, maybe a system that could handle uploading and of that information to, I don't know, getting everybody together like this would be great, but it's yeah. always a, there's so many people. We keep talking about how there's no way to prove that it's safe, but like, I, I, I can attest like my own collection and my own like health and my own, like, I personally can attest this is safe. I have no qualms on my conscience. And I feel like, because I've, I've just been tattooed so brutally and I've had such good heels and I stay in good health all the time. Like if, if we could get all kinds of other collectors that are the same that can like attest, like, no, this is, this is, this is unfounded. This is, this is unnecessary concern. Like, no, we can't document any cases of what you're talking about. You know what I mean? It's like trying to document, like, documenting an ink overdose would be like trying to document like a fatal marijuana overdose. It's not going to happen. You're not going to find somebody who has had like a, a problem from real ink. Like the only time I hear of problems is back a few years ago when there was like major counterfeit issues going on with like badly made ink. Um, but like, I feel like when, when quality ink is being used, the, the hypothetical that they're talking about isn't happening. And I think we could come together and prove that. Yeah, you think I don't though, think that helps. I don't want to interrupt, but that's exactly what I was waiting to hear. Is like I think that the problem is, is that we don't have tattoo artists that have all these years of experience, especially collected experience. Like we were talking about keeping, you know, um, reference on batch numbers and such from different companies and what we do experience as far as problems or no problems. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we need to do is start finding out who is involved with the industry that is involved with these making the inks. I think that's one of the most important parts. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a health aspect of it because the whole thing is that you telling, you answer to them as opposed to, they have to answer to us. So if they want to ban something, they have to have proven facts. Of like, right. Okay, if you go to a trial, a trial, if I accuse someone of doing something, I have to have viable proof that this person committed a crime. So if they're banning something, they have to have a very strong argument with proven facts that this has been happening way out of control and they do not. So the whole thing is that, why? Right, show me your evidence. As opposed to, oh yeah, let's sign this, let's sign that, which I signed it as well. But I think that we need to ask the questions to them, show us what you have that is so strongly, you know, mm -hmm that actually these pigments need to be banned. There's yep. nothing at all. Well, I so think that they could say that, I think they could say that on both ends of the spectrum, because for example, if you did have a hundred thousand case studies of these things, which we could, you know, if each artist did a case study and they submitted their, their thoughts and actual maybe dates or something like that. And, and we had a, a look at our own evidence as a collective, uh, you know, industry. 
evidence I mean, that I, we've provided ourselves. I know myself, if we, if we were to get together and have like real forms drawn up where it was like, I Fawn Baker over the last 12 years have tattooed approximately this many thousand people. And I have had exactly zero injuries due to any pigment. Like if we can say that and artists over and over and over again are saying, I can, like, I can attest all of this experience, zero injuries. And then, you know, if we're like the next step would be like proving that and that would be like taking physicals and proving that like our heavily tattooed clients and ourselves well, were heavily tattooed do you think that should i be... wish uh, i wish that uh mario would just pay off like k-pop is that who's like the band that's got all the people online like can we just like <laughs> cyber swamp them or something i mean i feel like it would be incredibly invasive to like sign up to do like a full blood panel and physical to prove that we're in good health it would be incredibly invasive but if that's a tiny little sacrifice i would have to make to make sure that i can still tattoo landscapes in outer space the way that i tattoo them i would definitely do it well i think there's a there's something kind of a little off the wall but funny you know there's a that christmas story where they accused santa claus and Santa Claus is, you know, going to trial, and then this little girl brings the actual money that says, "In God We Trust." So the whole thing is that we have the In God We Trust. We have the celebrities, you know, we have the Rock. We have I can go on and on and on. All the people that actually trusted on the industry, on their products to get tattooed, and those public figures, those are the ones that we have to reach out to actually support this cause. You know, we can't just tell. I've been tattooed for 42 years. I tattooed billions of people and never had any problems. Well, it's not true. There are some things that, you know, not life-threatening, but things that happen, just the reality, you cannot prove that. You just can't. I think the finding people, there are public figures that can actually back us up with that. Say, listen, I have a sleeve. I'm a successful person. I have plenty of good health and it has nothing to do with the pigment. I think that we could definitely do a hybrid version because um, when you do, like you said, if you were to go to court, you would want evidence. So regardless, mm. if, if anything, at least having something in hand is absolutely beneficial. Plus a lot of people, at least like right now who are interested, we as an individual, we want to know what we can actually do. Um, and that seems like there's a lot of things that we could do, not ourselves, but maybe a group of us could accomplish, but what can I myself do to actually stop what's going on or use the safest products, doing our own research, um, talking to people like that. But um, so, so Lauren, do you want to fire up some of the, some of the newcomers so that we can hear from yeah. everybody? Coco Tamor, yeah. you want to? Um, I'm going to ask to unmute you. I love love talking to you. I love hearing from you. So, can you introduce yourself? Can you hear me? Yep. Hey, kill everyone. What's up? What's up, also known as uh, Moko Tamori, all the way from New Zealand, down here in the Southern Hemisphere, making some noise. Um, oh, yeah, just listening um, to um, all the corridor that's been going on, or all the, what everyone's been talking about. Um, it's pretty pretty mind-boggling down here, hearing about all this stuff, because um, down in New Zealand, it's you've only got a few big artists that... Um, really use all the colors. Everyone down here is all black and gray artists or traditional Maori artists or traditional Polynesian artists. Um, but in terms of like um, the new inks and the, the canceling of the blue and greens, if you go back far enough for our, for my people, the first colored tattoo ever in the world was blue. 
was done by our ancestors. So there's ways that people here in New Zealand, we still make those pigments, like from, from the trees, from your hands to the fire, to this, to that. Yeah, but it's still blue and it's still greens here. So I understand around the world that all the health regulations and trying to cancel out all this blue and greens and everything like that. But for me and my people down here, it's, it's still an everyday practice. We're still using all those colours and all that. Um, but yeah. Same, but, same for the Brits, man. That's we were All of our <laughs> early tattoos were blue. Mate, that's what yeah, Britain yeah, means. Yeah. It means they painted people. All of our early tattoos were always blue. Yeah. yeah. I don't see the reason why we can't go back to doing all that. I understand why we can't, but it's probably like a big 360, how the world, how they say the world's going to end. The only way the world's not going to, or is going to end, is that money's not going to be worth anything and everyone's going to go back to living off the land and living off this and living off that. So this is probably the, the big 360 that it's doing in the tattoo world. Do you want to tell us that? Yeah, we spoke about kind of like the process of creating ink. Do you want to maybe shed some light on that with everybody about what you yeah, guys used so, to do? Um, so here in um, Old Chattel, back in the early days, we used a lot of stuff. Like if you ever looked at an old moldy photo of a man doing the tap tap work on the face, you'd always see a, um, a little dog. A little dog in the photo, and the little dog played a big part in the creating of the ink or the pigment or the ngārahu. <laughs> created, <laughs> created all the pigment. Um, so what the what the the artist would do, he would have the dog. This dog would just eat um, grass or organics that wouldn't eat meat or anything. It would eat grass, and what they'll do, they'll click the the shit or the droppings of the dog, mix it with different. Um, tree leaves and tree trees and whatnot and they'll pound it down with the with the, the droppings and these special leaves and stuff and they'll also use the dog's um piss urine because the dog's piss back then was um it was a natural sterilizer it was one of the most purest sterilizers you could ever have in the world back in the early days early 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 days They'll pound that all down, heat it up, and that's what they used to use to tattoo on people's faces. And used to be called ngarahu, and that's the Maori word for pigment. Awesome. But that's just a small, a small. Uh, that's cool. Little. Kind of like a history lesson, yeah. Back in our days in New Zealand, obviously Polynesians and all that had their ways of making it too, <clears throat> and um, it's sort of. Oh, it's sort of, sort of still done today. I heard you talking about earlier how um, the ink world was, um, you know, was put in a category with the bikey worlds and whatever. They sort of still do the same thing in jail. But obviously they don't use a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same process that's still happening. But back in the days, that's how it was pretty much done. So every time you look at a Māori photo, you always see a dog. And that one dog in the photo was the big the big heavy hitter to make things happen for our people, or for ink anyway. That's awesome. That's crazy. Well, there's heaps that can go way deeper and way everything and all that, but... We'll, we'll have to at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nicole hopped um, off, um, but if we can, if anyone has any questions, otherwise, Ben, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Questions? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Benny from, oh, I'm originally from New Zealand, but I live in Melbourne now. 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't tell you magic, but, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just woken up, so I'm a bit out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, you know, the time thing is crazy across the world. Well, uh, yeah. you, you'll, we'll make it up to you at some point. We'll do a Australian time drunk critique. Oh, that's uh, in the morning. Eh? <laughs> so, well, normal time for you will be seven in the morning for us. There's, well, I cracked my first beer at seven o'clock, so it's all good. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, uh, Ricardo, have you already said hello? You can wave. I think that you're on mute. Uh, real quick, I gotta, I gotta. Hey jump off. All right, uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us, Art. Yeah, uh, it's nice meeting everybody. Um, let me know if there's Lauren. Let me know if there's anything else uh, that, sure. uh, that I didn't catch. Um, look us up, Worldwide Eating Magazine on, online. Uh, if you have any questions in regards to anything that we do uh, or that we run, just uh, let uh, ask. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Art. Right. Cheers. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I've got something I wanted to just. I only just remembered now. I was speaking to uh, a British ink manufacturer this morning and on the topic of like the banning of blue and green. Um, and I've been hearing that there are alternatives out there that are as good as in they will be just as, uh, you know, the fixation in the skin will be just as good as what we currently have. But the only difference is that like the hue of the blue and green will be different slightly. Um, so I was chatting to a UK manufacturer today um, and they've explained the whole process and they, they've also said that it is the case that, you know, where we're being told that this is the end of tattooing because we're going to lose these pigments, there are alternatives. So, like, I don't understand. I don't know if anyone else there are this way. There are, there are alternatives, but when, when I mean... The problem is that it doesn't stop there. I mean, there soon enough those are going to be banned too. Like they're opening yeah. a can of worms. Is the problem is that? I mean, I just got through saying that there's a green thirty six that's almost the same as the green seven, but it's composed almost identically. So they're already they're already scrutinizing the green thirty six. Like it's yeah. going to be the next one that they're going to get rid of. It's just like when when does a when does the buck stop? You know where do they stop? I get you know? that, but like so, let's just say it's going to be banned. Moving forward as an industry, then. You know what do the ink manufacturers plan on doing? Because I just feel like we're at a position where they just—I'm you know, no, not saying all of them, but a few of them are just kind of going. You've got to sign this petition, otherwise, basically, we're fucked. Um, excuse my language, but that's how it feels. So it's like moving forward, what are the ink manufacturers going to do in regards to kind of producing new, you no know, better pigments or? alternatives to what's being banned or making sure that further pigments don't get banned i wish you had the answers that? to that i think i think that's the problem nobody has the answers to that that that's 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 the million dollar question the frustrating thing is though they've had since i i think like i've viewed two dates someone met, i think uh somebody yeah. said 2004 someone said 2008 so they've had a long time to work on it and to have that amount of time and still have no answer it just feels like what have they been doing? Or have they really? just been riding out and hoping it doesn't happen? Hey, uh, go ahead, Lauren. I was going to ask Nicole to introduce herself because she's been, I wanted to say hello this whole time too. <laughs> Hi. Good to see oh, you. Yeah. Uh, doing well. Uh, well, I'm from Body Graphics Tattoo Class South Africa. So I've just been listening to everything you guys are going to say, and I have to agree with 
where does it stop on the learning? They pick at one thing, what is the next thing? If we get this right, let's say they don't do the ban on the colors. What's the next pigment they pick at? What's the next consumables that they go for? Where does it end? Is it a way to take over the industry, bankrupt someone, or cancel it out? Like, where's the stop? <laughs> I think the question that a lot can of I, sorry, can I just interject to that point? Do like I don't know how what the situation is in the US, but certainly in the UK, we have no like industry-owned governing body that represents us at a kind of government or court level. Um, do we not think if, if the industry is under attack like this from you know maybe like Donald's correct and its corporate companies trying to push out the little guy, or maybe we're just being legislated out of the business? then maybe what we should be talking about doing is finally putting together um, an, an actual industry-owned body that can represent the world of tattooing in these things, that has its own website with the information. Like James said, a really interesting thing that people are throwing around this, this idea that there's, oh, there's, there's cadmium and cobalt and uh, arsenic, but he immediately went, but it's only parts per million. So it's, it's pretty safe. Now, if that information was out there and there was some sort of body that represented tattooists for the good of tattooists and not for the, just for the good of one business, wouldn't, wouldn't that put us in a much stronger position? I mean, we're a bunch of like mom and pop companies all together, all trying to do the best we possibly can. But, and, and, and again, if, I, if, if this already goes on in the US and elsewhere, then I'm, I, I apologize for you know, complaining about oh, you when it's a UK it. thing, but, um, but there's nothing like that in the UK. That can that can represent if the government decided to ban tattooing tomorrow in the UK, there's no governing body that could actually represent us at court. I just wonder maybe maybe you know this kind of thing, the fact that we can all meet worldwide via the the internet and all and the magic of all that, maybe this is a way of us becoming organised and Absolutely. and defending yeah. ourselves against this stuff. We have not even yeah. recognised as a trade, so. You know, it is when you get taxed, but, you know, it's crazy. It's not even recognized, you know? Well, the problem is with the funding on something like this, because I hate to say it, you know, this is an industry that I respect and love so much and do anything for it. Uh, but groups have been created. Uh, groups have been dissolved and there's always money that actually comes down to and everybody it's like you support a cause but you don't do anything for the cause you just sit back and expect people that actually are fighting for to actually do everything for you and don't think that just a, a mere whatever it is five dollars fifty dollars a hundred dollars a thousand dollars whatever that is people are just going to sit and not do anything about it so i don't think we are as passion or patriotic about our industry as people let you believe they are and that's the problem you know if well, yeah let's do this and let's get somebody yeah let's try to find somebody that qualify and wants to you know uh, fight for us but there's a funding that requires that person to invest the time to fight for us and that funding has to come from our artists from the industries and all that and it cannot just come from them you know, rock and just say, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? I'll, I'll put all the money in. You know what? That's just not the way things work. 
you have to band together. This is, uh, again, a $25 billion industry that have the resources, that have the capability financially to band together and like a, a, a GoFundMe uh, Go page kind of a thing that actually will figure out an amount. What do we need? How much does it cost? And everybody, I mean, even uh, find a way to find accountability for those people. You know, just don't say that you love the industry that you're gonna fight for and sit on your ass and not do anything for it because it's mm. not gonna work. It's not gonna yeah. happen. You have to have a president, a vice president. I mean, just like a, you have to have, I mean, a body, like a government body, you know what I mean? Well, I know, but the thing is that the powerful players in the industry, as we all know, James, you know, Lauren, you know, we yeah, talked about that before, they all butt heads because they're all in the ego pack to that, no, I'm the yeah. one that started. I'm the one that's going to jump in. I'm the one that needs to be the louder voice. I'm the one that needs to save the day. And it's all bullshit. That's why this is not going to happen. There's a fight of ego before it goes anywhere. So that has to be stopped. Nobody needs a title. Nobody's, there's nobody's name that created. It has to be a completely united uh, industry. Independent. Who's the president? Who's the advisor? Who's right, the, right, right. It's just right. not going to work. You know? I, I agree with there's a good quote, uh, Litos, that would be very much uh, along those lines. Is It's amazing what you can get done when uh, you don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It just, there's a lot of, I, I'm not going to get into the conversation because it's a, a, a sore uh, subject for me because, you know what? Nobody knows um, who I am. Um, but there's a lot that I gave without expecting anything back. And I don't expect anything back. And the thing is that, not the point of being recognized, but there's a lot being done behind the scenes that people don't know. Uh, that if we all kind of move on without expecting uh, a, a pat in the back or anything like that, this, this can work. Uh, but until the eagles are out the door, then, then we can get somewhere. Mm. Um, interesting enough, sorry, um, before I forget, I don't know if Paul realizes this, but there is actually a union in the UK for tattoo artists that's a legitimate union that can actually provide legal advice and legal help for tattooists. The only problem is people won't join it because it's a union and you've got to pay like, you know, $50 a month. Um, and then you get people trying to start their own union. So the, the, the stuff, there is something there in the UK, but people are just not bothered about joining it. Yeah. It's a real it's a tough everywhere. one. <laughs> yep. In Australia, we had the Professional Tattoo Association of Australia, um, and they've been pushing for just sort of, you know, the whole industry of tattooing could be recognised as a trade, even, and have some sort of platform with every state in Australia would be on the same sort of platform, but it's been tried and tried for so long, it just, just doesn't we've seem to... We've got a Tattooist Guild over here, too. And we've got a Tattooist Guild, and you got Tashi, you got, you got the Tattooist Guild here, and you got Tashi Edwards that goes to court, goes and, like, 
talks to politicians and everything like that and actually advocates for it. But you need it's it's money's not really the relevant thing. It's actually the person that's going to invest all of their fucking time into it. And that's mm. we're lucky enough to have one person here kind of doing it, but it's yeah, yeah that's the hard Who the part. fuck wants to talk to lawyers and politicians all day. Exactly. You get that too. No way. Like she'll fly to Canberra just for the day to go and sit in and like a meeting, you know, it's, it's pretty, she does a lot of fucking work and, you know, like, I mean, it just takes time and finding someone that's willing to do that and tattoo and run a business and everything like that is just non-existent except for someone that's probably got ADHD and just fucking manic and doesn't sleep, you know, like it's fucking possible. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it all comes down to, um, I guess, organizing all the information. Cause even still the, the, you know, the organizations in the UK versus, you know, Africa versus Australia. Um, I kind of bring this reference up sometimes, James, you've maybe heard it, uh, Gabe, I think you've heard it. If you've seen Narcos or know how the Narcos, you know, how it went in Mexico, if people are familiar with that, they had a lot of that problem with egos you know, and that those types of issues, but they wanted to still push their products. So they had, they created a federation where it brought those individuals together under one, I guess, uh, progressive umbrella. I'm not saying that, I mean, you could still have your organization and your ego, but something that communicates amidst all of them, because we want to be pushing information. Um, And sometimes I think that a lot of the, the stuff gets in the way from us receiving the actual information, the actual facts or sharing that information, but um, that we can push things aside, like, oh, this is done by this company owner or whatever, but to actual, to gain traction that way. Um, some sort of cohesive force that's worldwide. Uh, you know, you, Lauren, you know that they've, they've already tried to hire lobbyists. I mean, Terry and Mario, and then they had the CTS. I mean, they, they've, They've gone down that route already once. I mean, um, I'm sure you know about it, Gabe. I mean, you're you're well informed. Um, I mean, they were taking um, oh, was it ten thousand dollars to sign up and then twenty five hundred dollars a month. I mean, and it seemed like um, uh, I'm this is just rumors, so don't mark my words, but it seemed like there was a an issue with power between Eternal and um, um, Tens and who was going to be the president? And I don't know. It just it was a total failure. It seems like it seemed like it was a big waste of money. And a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but a few organizations joined it and donated to it. And it doesn't seem like they really got anything out of it. You know? Yeah. I mean, for me, that's not like I just don't understand that game. Like I was saying, like politicians and lobbyists. Like I kind of get it. Like I watch. You know, that's it. it like if you want to play that game, that's what you need to do. Uh, but like, if I was to try to like, when I thought about that, you know, I, well, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't cash heavy at the time, but like, I did go out to the show and I, and I wanted to support it, you know, and, and see what it was about. Um, like I said, mostly like I, I just I can't win at that game, you know. But to, to what do you I think, think of that organization? What do you think of the organization? I mean, was it well structured? I mean, I, I never went to the meeting. So, I mean, I, I uh, you know, I went to the trade show. Like the, my only experience was the, was I went to the to the trade show uh, and to the convention, and oh, okay. uh, yeah. like I don't know, like it, it was cool. Like I got to hang out with a lot of people, got to talk to a lot of people, you know. And again, but when it came down to it, it was like, could I could I afford to spend thousands of dollars to, you know, invest in a lobbyist? Like I, I, I just don't know that game enough. <laughs> you know? right. well, Lauren, Lauren and, uh, what about the guys who did the, the vape thing that you talked about? Maybe you could share about that, Lauren. The vape. Sure. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, 
a guy, his name is Abe. He owns Chubby Gorilla. And that's based in um, it pretty much, it's, it's based in California, but their bottles are those soft squeeze, uh, like basically vape juice bottles that you'll see pretty much most shops in the world. If you look and there's that gorilla, that's, he owns that company. So in the United States, and I believe 2016, there was some um, information that said that vaping was a health hazard. Mm -hmm. it, it turned out being false. And long story short, what he did was he worked with a network of influencers. They created their own organization that was recognizable. They timed their posts, they scheduled their content, and they did a, a coordinated mass industry takeover. Uh, mm -hmm. And he, he then he got the all the key influencers identified. It was uh, to a science, and then they organized a march down Washington with ten thousand people, and they made their oh. yeah. And he's a resource for us anytime. He spoke to me in depth. I was super, you know, motivated at hearing that. But what his real point was, what this happens at the local. I mean, you need to be informed, but this happens at the local level, local, state, federal, at, at least in the United States. Um, gaining get the attention from your local representative because you're the reason why they even have a job in the first place that's a big piece of advice and then coordinating the actual content um, like released at this time on this day type thing with, with thousands of people the march was crucial um, because it made a lot of noise but something like that would be really hard right now with what's happening in Washington um, and then I, I definitely beg the question like oh what's the difference in fighting for this in America versus fighting this in New Zealand we're all to, you know, we're all in the same industry. Um, just finding out a, something that everybody can do that's pretty consistent, you know, um, governments are all functioning differently, but what can we all do that stuff like that? You know, there's letters, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's available now, um, but it's kind of lost while everyone's trying to understand what's going on. The I think a big problem with, with that is the fact that, uh, you know, it is an industry that is all over the world, uh, right. but nobody's knocking on our door yet. In Europe, they are. It's already inside. Now, the, the, the interest and the protection, the, the maternal instinct of, of the artist and the industry uh, is not the same all over the world. And that's the big difference. If you don't see any threat or you don't feel any threat in your industry, you're gonna just sit and just like, yeah, it's not here yet. It's like having a bad storm that is just, hey, you might have this hurricane coming. You know, it's about a month in your life. I can kind of prepare from there. No, it's already there in Europe. It's not here in the United States, but it's talked about. But people are not really understanding that there is an education process that needs to be in place first to tell people exactly the, the clear message of what's happening what are the consequences? How can we solve it and stop it? And that, I think that's the first step or whatever step it is at this point. Melissa, do you want to say hi? Because I wanted to say hi to you too. I'm sorry for the, the mark, but we want to have everyone introduce themselves. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm outside. Excuse any side comments. My hubby's sitting here as well. Um, I'm out in Oregon. Uh, I have my own shop. Luna, shush. <laughs> I have my own shop out in Staten. Um, I'm basically here just to kind of absorb information. I'm pretty new to the industry myself. I've only been tattooing for about six years. Um, but with all the ink talk and everything else, it's, it's a big thing. So it's interesting hearing everybody's take on it. Very much so. Awesome.
Cool. Well, uh, I propose it's uh, five minutes to, to four Eastern. Maybe we uh, should spend the last five minutes kind of wrapping up and uh, closing thoughts. Yeah, I think that a lot of- I could go of... get another six pack and come back and talk <laughs> and drink forever. No, I think maybe we can, um, <laughs> you know, even do another call like this next month if you guys are interested. Um, yes. I really like the the hearing what different perspectives, especially if they, they're clashing. I really like to figure out, well, who, what are we actually doing here? You know, um, you don't want to- I love the calls for science. Yeah, us producing our own information. If anything, it answers our own questions. Because for me, like, if I had- hundred friends and a hundred friends tattooed 2000 people, that would be pretty conclusive for myself to choose, you know, at what side of the story I'd like to, you know, to back. Mm -hmm. uh, Gabe, I, I think if you can maybe pull it off next time to maybe get somebody from Nexus also, maybe get somebody from maybe one of the major ink companies. And I hate to say it, like you have a lot of friends, Gabe, but, maybe some legal experts out there. I know the lawyers I, always make I, I talked money. to Dam I was talking to Damien, who's actually Mario Bar's lawyer right now. I was just talking to him on, he's, he's actually on a YouTube call or a Zoom call with doing the same thing we're doing right now. So um, okay. I'll have Damien join the group next next time. Killer. That'd be great. I think, I think it's great that we're all getting together to brainstorm. I think this is really valuable. Um, it might take a little while before we accomplish anything, but just like, continue putting your brain energy towards this problem. And I think collectively, you know, there's, there's a lot of very intelligent people within our community and we'll be able to get done what we need to done we, to get done. But we just, we just need to continue coming together and like just brainstorming like this. I think this was actually probably really successful in getting a lot of balls rolling. I, I agree completely. This, this is the best forum to get these kind of like thoughts and opinions together to kind of, brainstorm you know to come up with different uh, perspectives and different badges that we might not have thought of as an individual yep yeah, yeah, it ho hopefully it'll follow along the same evolution of uh tattoo shop uh, uh meetings right like yeah. first you only do them when there's an emergency and then you do them like when there's the next emergency and then someone gets the idea of like, wait a minute, maybe we should do these when there isn't an emergency. Can we have like a shop meeting? And everyone's like, what's the emergency? And we're like, actually, I just want to talk about cool shit and how to advance without there being an emergency. Want to have a beer and hang out, man. Exactly. We'll and talk about uh, moving forward. But yeah, no, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine that it would be silly not to do this once a month, uh, whatever we have, whatever Tuesday it is. Uh, although I guess uh, if Australia wants us to, is going to have such a strong showing, you know, we might be able to do like a, you know, find a time that's like maybe 10 in the morning for us. So it's like not it's quite 10 in the morning for you guys, but I think it's like the middle of the night for me, if we do it on Australian song, because they're literally the other side of the world from no, us. No, 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 no. If we did it, if we did it, uh, if we did it like 10 o'clock here, 10 o'clock in the morning here would be 10 o'clock at night. There would be uh, like fucking like four or five in the afternoon for you. Oh, okay. I can definitely make that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. The time zones have been really weird to get used to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, yeah, I think this has been really productive. I love hearing everybody's thoughts. Uh, by the way, Kyle, you didn't say hi before we disconnect. You got to say hi. Uh, 
Yeah, hi. Um, I'm from Southern California. I'm kind of new to everything. Um, I'm trying to get into the tattoo industry. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. But in terms of all this, um, I really like the idea that Fawn brought up and basically just like getting a whole bunch of people to say like, yeah, this is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with this and collecting all the data and just showing, you know, people that, yeah, what we're doing is perfectly fine and there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. Yeah, because if we're having uncertain thoughts, um, how do you think our clients feel who aren't in the industry and they're just trying to take in what's going on? They're going to be confused. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of those conversations need to be had, you know, um, reassuring because obviously they we do have their trust so yeah and if they don't know. have all the information that we have necessarily then you know they might think something else that can be completely untrue that you know we can say yeah that is false and you know here's what we know to back it up because we're the ones doing this mm -hmm. yeah it's important to to talk i remember the the only time i've ever had any sort of issue it was a little bit like sketchy was uh one of my clients came back and he says oh you infected my neck because you tattooed this side and then you went on this side without changing needles. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about what actually happened. Um, and I found out he was sleeping on a pillow that his dogs sleep on and he's allergic to dogs on that side. And that was, so he was like, oh, wow, I'm glad that we figured it out. I was like, me too. I've just been chatting about it. Um, before we get off to, I would want to recommend a book by Hannah Wolf, The Science of Tattooing. Um, I've recommended it a few times, but for those of you that really want to educate yourself, it's a, it's a tough one to get through, but um, extremely informative. Uh, the science of tattooing. Awesome. Yeah. If you'll allow me one second, because I know Donald confessed earlier to being uh, a refugee from Wall Street. I, I worked in advertising and marketing for years. I was one of Satan's little helpers. But one of the, one of the things that I think would be an idea that we could do possibly is my advertising brain tells me that if like as james has said if the if this particular blue and green are perfectly safe then what i what i would do first is for our clients for their own peace of mind and for us i would create some kind of i don't know one page website that was that was basically an advertising Thing that that told people exactly what was safe about these things and why they shouldn't be banned and what is in them and how small the dangerous chemical is that's in it if it's there or not and it's it's not a problem and really just inform our clients that like if you're being told you can't have blue and green tattoos anymore that's nonsense and get that information from somebody like James who really knows what he's talking about. Because, I mean, I'm not the rest of you tattooers. I, I pour the stuff out of a bottle and I hope that he did his job, right? It's his gig <laughs> to, you know, to, to do that, right? I mean, we just did the best we can. But if, if he's got that information, that information should be got to our clients so that as, as well as our voices as artists, our clients can be, can be pressuring people and saying, look, I want to get these tattoos. I'm an adult. It's my choice. I have read the research. I've, I've read what's been said and I believe I'm safe. That's just the, my, yeah, a lot of that information, a lot of that information is actually online to, um, to, um, on the ink companies, um, the, the ink got like fusion or eternal or quantum or something. They actually have their CTL lab reports online that you can actually look at. Right, Lauren? Yeah, we could. I, I could pull them up right now, but I yeah, have to do but it. it but it doesn't look yeah. like the amazing cartoon explanation that's in Paul's head right now. 
Like, yeah, well, that's, that's no, the like, thing. catchy. There's no catchy tune that's like blue. It's yeah, safe. It's really, really safe. Yeah. <laughs> you just need Can the we... big flashy logos that say, this is good. This is okay. <laughs> just, it's all about make a good logo. I just want yeah. to piggyback on, on what Paul's saying there. I mean, look, we live in a world of, of influencers. We've got ink brands, which have, I, I don't know what, what the combined following, let's say we take the top 30 artists in, in Fusion, the top 30 artists in Intense, the top 30 artists in World Famous, the top 30 artists in Raw Pigment. And basically the owners of those companies, if they're all on board, egos aside, and they reach out to these guys and they say, look, here's a simple blurb that I want you to put up for 58 seconds. We will reach 200 million people, 300 million people. I, the carrier of our message, if they're up for it, are those big artists, and if they believe in it, who will really carry this message? Just my two cents. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess in the meantime, um, I can make a website. I can do that, something like that. But I don't want to. I, I guess let's have another conversation and figure out, um, present the facts. Let's figure out what is the message, um, define the message, define the mission, um, and and get everybody informed. Because this type of information is highly desirable. The only re the only reason it wouldn't be desirable is if you were unaware of what's going on. You know, this affects so many millions of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another thing too, Lauren, uh, I wanted to bring it up because you know I, I don't want to disrespect anybody uh, on this comment, but people have to realize that when they say a blue and a green, that doesn't mean that just two of these bottles are going to be off the shelf. Those two are essential to mixing of a shitload of colors. So this for the new people, or, or, or you know, sixty percent, somebody yeah. that don't know, the pigment itself um, is responsible for making a shitload of colors, and that's the problem. It's not just two bottles out of this. It is probably this whole rack would not be able to be. Uh, you know, in existence because of those two pigments, right, James? Yeah, it'd be about I'd say about fifty percent of all the colors that have blue and green in them because you have blue undertones. Even in some of the black, I mean, I was, I was trying to make a point with Lauren that some of the blacks have blue undertones to them. You know, we put bella blue and the blacks to to give them a cool, a cool, mm -hmm. a cool tone. You know, and some of the opaque grays we put blue in them to make give them a opaque, um, a, a give them a cool undertone. The card was all violet and some of the grays. I mean, we, we do all kinds of things with um, undertones. So a lot of the colors you wouldn't think have blue or green, they actually do. I mean, even for the black and gray guys. It affects skin tones even as well, right? Because some of the skin yeah. tones have got those colors. Yeah, flesh tones. Yeah. Flesh tones, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, what, what's next? I mean, these are just the two that they're talking about right now. I mean, they're, 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 they're actually talking, these are the two that are banned right now. They're actually talking about and the yellow, I mean, they got red and 122. I mean, they got all kinds of them there. They already got them already. They're already starting to state these other colors or pigments are, are harmful too now. So, I mean, it's not it's not just going to stop with blue and green. All right. Awesome. Well, it's kind of not the, I mean, I'm sure we could all keep talking, but we should probably um, disconnect. I can okay. reach out to you guys if you'd like to meet next month. Um, and see if we can put together a list of actionable items, you know, just like we would in our own business, I suppose. Right. You know, 
Yeah, we could get like agendas and recaps. Yeah, <laughs> re- what's a recap? It could be just like Nexus. They have recaps. Yeah. Awesome. That wasn't a dig necessarily. That was just a statement of fact. They have agendas and recaps and they follow up. And... Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to everybody who's, um, you know, put in their input and tuned in and stayed on. This is just incredible stuff. Thanks for sending us a call, man, getting us all together to talk about this. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, Laura. Thanks. Thanks, Laura. Cool. All right. Cool. Awesome. I'll see you guys soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye, Laura.